we've been historically kept from being able to like grow our own foods or um, being able to harvest from like fruiting trees, like out in the wild. Like a lot of our laws about uh, what you can and can't collect were to prevent poor people from being able to live off of the land. Right. Um, Which is unethical. We have unethical laws. So if you're living ethically, um, I think there are ways to continue to forage and get food and and connect with your environment in ways that I think, you know, Mother Earth would approve of. I'm Charmant. I'm Katie. And this is Unpacking Ethical. A podcast where we sip our favorite drinks at the moment. And talk about some things. Because there's nothing ethical about upholding the status quo. Let's talk about it. This week on Unpacking Ethical. Hey, we are back for another episode of Unpacking Ethical. I am Sherman, and we're here with my uh, co-host Katie and our special gay guest. I'm like gays, whatever. <laughs> guest Allison. <laughs> How are y'all doing? Because clearly this morning I can't talk. <laughs> so what y'all drinking today we'll go with allison what you wanted to share oh, with me mm-hmm. yeah. this is gonna sound so crazy so i'm not living in texas but i i'm like addicted to the hev um pecan cafe ole coffee mm. um and i'm a little sensitive to caffeine so i do like half decaf and then i added some lion's mane mushroom um to it to help cut the brain fog okay you've got like a whole little like i have a whole thing oh yeah that might be part of like my herbalism for a in foraging but yeah i'm like i love that yes (laughs) how do i get some lion's mane mushroom to add to all of my beverages (laughs) so you can either find it yourself or you can buy it yeah okay it's, it's available it's a supplement um is this Honestly, one you? Is this what you found yourself though? You? I didn't this find this one. Okay. I have not found lion's mane yet. Um, okay. I'm actually not as like into mushroom. This is gonna sound so sacrilege. I'm not as into mushrooms as my other foraging friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, like every forager I know is like all about mushroom hunting, and I'm yeah. like, that's like fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like lion's mane and a few other mushrooms for the the like health benefits and this one I finally got a good one that's already pre-ground so okay I'll send you the link it's good <laughs> nice yeah well what okay. are you drinking Sherman no you go <laughs> me okay I am I just realized okay first of all so we talked about we we recorded something else this morning and then I put my cup somewhere and I have no idea where it went and so then I had to get another <laughs> mug and then I just realized it's matching Oh, it does. I was like, (laughs) so I'm, I'm in my red ginseng. I'm just going to be drowning myself in red ginseng probably for like the next week because I've just had all kinds of congestion and allergy issues and I'm, I'm I'm medicating right now. But you're sounding even better as the time of the day goes by because you even sound less congested and more clear Mm -hmm. now. So that red ginseng is getting the job done. It's doing it. It's doing it. (laughs) That's good. I'm I'm sipping on this same uh, ginger mint tea. I'm obsessed with mint. 
Um, and I had a lemon balm once, a lemon mm. balm like plant, and I would just go pluck the leaves and make that as that those tea. But I then it eventually left me. I tried everything. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get another mm. one or either grow one. Um, but I love mint. But ginger to everything just feels right. Um, mm. And then I kind of have been drinking this. I was telling Sherman earlier. I didn't want to share what brand it is because I don't know about them yet. But it's a cacao essentials drink with almond milk, Peruvian cacao, dates, maca, and some prebiotics. And so sometimes I need a little chocolate. It's, it's good. That but sounds good. Let me go review what, what people say about them before I share with everybody. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. We'll put a little disclaimer in there. Yeah. I mean, unless they want to sponsor this episode, then we Hi. can talk. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put a little flash in there be like so this is the brand <laughs> right yeah. circle back circle back we we approve yeah. we don't approve yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try it all out first <clears throat> so all of us with on our all of our little herbal drinks here mm-hmm. yeah that's my segue <laughs> into our foraging <laughs> into our foraging <laughs> that that's our yeah. that's our foraging segue <laughs> gosh that's but, so funny yeah that's yeah, we're gonna do that. <laughs> okay, I mean, but I do start with herbalism. <laughs> yeah, let's. Well, actually, I, I want to kind of get started yeah. on how you got started into foraging. Yes. So and I where still, that interest came from. Yeah, I still call myself a hobbyist forager. Um, and like, I, I know you both read um, the article in Texas Monthly that got published last year, mm-hmm. um, which was about sort of my journey into foraging and it kind of started with a neighbor. I've always been interested in the outdoors, right? Like I've always been um, uh, just like very outgoing, very feet on the ground, very, um, maybe the word my mom would use was like tomboyish or whatever. And then I joined the army and I loved being outdoors. Um, While I was stationed in uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, I had um, a neighbor who, said that their, uh, you know, one of their in-laws was a, a professional foraging chef. And I was like, say again, um, right. like, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, tell me more. And like, I connected the word foraging and I connected the word chef, but I couldn't like, to me, those seemed a little bit impractical because mm. of the way commercial uh, cooking industries are set up. And so I right. wanted to know a little bit more. And I was invited to a Thanksgiving dinner that just like, like I can still taste it. Like it knocked my socks off. This was years ago. And my, my mind was just blown that, you know, um, the chef had like hunted the turkey, had oh, wow. um, cultivated the, the bitters that we had as a, you know, digestif, um, that like every part of that meal was locally sourced and um, almost entirely prepared by that person. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe we're, we were kind of used to that. Like I'm, I'm half Jamaican and like, when I'm in Jamaica, I feel like the, the closeness to the food is already kind of there. Right, but right. In the, but in the US, like I go to the grocery store and I buy chicken that's in a saran wrapped plastic package, right? right. right? Like I don't, I was unfamiliar that like with this concept that you could do that here in the States. Um, so that's how it started was just like, 
knowing it existed and then knowing that someone was making a living um, and had a lifestyle based off of, off of this. And then I started taking classes. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> sign me up. I can be outdoors with my dog and like start looking at things um, more introspectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that to me was just like life-changing and world-changing. Yeah. Well, we're only a couple of minutes in and I'm like, where do I sign up for this course? <laughs> it's the intentionality. I will tell you all the tips and tricks. I will. It's just amazing to hear that you had like an, an actual like immersed experience, like where you were in, where someone like put so much, um, I guess, connection to what they were trying to bring to the table. Cause food is, you know, one of the, is one of the most important things that we connect over. Um, Mm -hmm. It really does solidify bonds. You know, I'm in a new partnership and it's one of the things that has really helped. We love being in the kitchen, making things together, talking about, did you know what benefits come from this herb and and we should cook with it and see. And so hearing you talk about that aspect of it, but also like that people have the joy of, you know, really going out and getting creative and finding what they're going to find and just, yes. you know, having a blast and blessing everybody along the way. That sounds yes. really amazing. And I'll, I'll say, I'm not a huge cook. Like I, for some reason, whatever that special gene or interest is like, it's get me. And I just like, <laughs> you know, I can be very comfortable with a bowl of cereal, but something about foraging has made me more interested in my food. It's made me more um, if I collect something from the wild, I feel like I have to use it. Like it's, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm normally the kind of person where if I buy greens or something from the store and I don't use it that week, it goes bad in the fridge. I feel yeah. guilty, but I also don't think yeah. twice about it. Yeah. Um, and when I collect something from the wild, it's such a more, a much more intimate experience. Like you have to really know what you're doing. You're paying attention. You are taking something from while it's living in the ground or outside and you are just you're taking it either either you can extend its life by allowing it be part of you or it goes to waste and it waste mm. just seems like not not the thing we're doing right <laughs> right right yeah so I love it and if it inspires people to cook go for it <laughs> I love that I'm like I feel like I'm I have not taken any classes. I think I just follow people and like read articles and I'm living vicariously through everybody else. Mm -hmm. But I find that it's completely changed the way I think I look at at plants and things because, you know, I'll go hiking in the woods or even just walking in my neighborhood and suddenly you're like, can I eat that? Like, what is Mm. that? And you know, and I'm sitting there with my little Google lens and I'm like, can I eat this? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love those disclaimers too. They're like, we can't tell you if you can eat this or not, but then you go to another website and it's like herbalism. Of course you can eat this in these quantities cook first. Like, (laughs) right. Yeah, it does. It it helps you see the world and your environment in a completely different way. And I don't know if, if you all have noticed this, but it makes you, at least for me, I felt like that connection was more, um, fragile, like more intimate and more, um, so when I, when I signed up for a class, which, which there are classes, so you can do it yourself. You can just like learn as you go. And in a way, that's kind of how I started too. Like when I found out it was possible, I was like mm-hmm. grabbing like guidebooks of like wild things in my area. 
right. that I could eat. And it was like berries or pine cones or whatever, wherever I was living. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also this way that you can like, when you take classes, I took a very good one by a chef. Um, they go by at Chef's Wild on Instagram. That's their handle. And this was a very like almost college course considered curriculum. Like it had a, you know, like foraging ethics, like papers, um, like why you can and can't forage in certain areas, like the history behind it, Mm -hmm. but also like, like how to read between the lines. Like what are, what are the, like the fine print areas that are technically okay to forage and you don't need permission. Mm -hmm. Um, and the more I was like reading, like taking the course and looking more, more specifically into what I can do, I was learning about also how to protect the environment around you, right? Like if you're going to pick something, um, and then go to another plant, have you cleaned the tools that you're using to harvest and not spreading disease Mm, in the process, right? A, A different level of consideration that I just like, being maybe a kind of city like sort of rural but sort of city girl like it's not something that was really in my mind at the time so um you can get into it in any way and I think like however you get into it just keep going is Mm -hmm. like there's so much to learn there is so much uh what about you Katie have you noticed that as well like just like being out and finding things like so uh, yes well Sharon tells me she's mentioned to me about how because we actually used to hike we hiked together in the past um yeah and we hadn't done it in a while but I started hiking very like um like I go pretty much every day when I can like my son's out of school now so it's hard but I used to drop him off and immediately go through four miles or so in um this beautiful park called Eisenhower Park is just so many different trails. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I love going there. Um, but I hadn't done a thing that Sharman just mentioned. I I just go and there's physical benefits to it, but there's mental and for me spiritual. I really yeah. just like being in nature in general. But I see things and it just I didn't think about like finding out like is this edible for me or what is the yeah. what is the benefit of this that's here because everything has its yeah. purpose. Um, so I think when you, to hear you talking about foraging and, you know, even Sharman just kind of sharing um, like her admiration over the people who do it, it just seems like a very natural path for us. Cause we're already yeah. talking, you know, always talking about sustainability, but not this packaged up perfect, costly right. sustainability, but this kind of like right. just really reconnecting with the things that are around us and how do we, yeah. you know, show respect to these things and how yeah. do we, you know, give and receive in a way that feels human and so, um, and very ethical. So I'm, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm really kind of like interested in, I told my, my son, we were going to go to the library and see if there was any books. So when he comes with me, maybe it's something that he and I can, you know, do together. I would love for him to start learning about it now. Kids are excellent foraging learners. And in any of the classes I've taken, like more formally, I I did one, I reported on one with um, Dr. Vorderbruggen. He Mm -hmm. goes by Merriweather, um, more locally, he's kind of like a, a, a Texas figure, if you will. He's very, um, he, he's just, he has like a very interesting um, lifestyle and setup. Um, he, he has a bunch of classes and he's able to communicate 
um, about the world and earth around you in a way that's accessible to both youth and adults. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that about a lot of foragers, like it's so natural. If if you watch kids, they want to put things in their mouth. They're trying to taste like what's, Mm -hmm. what's out there and what's good. And um, when you start kids younger, from what I've noticed, and, and the parents that are also interested in foraging too, like there's a lot of overlaps in different communities who are interested in foraging, they want their kids to know what safe to eat and like what to stay away from or like how to use it, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is how you identify this thing. And hey, this is something that looks very similar to it, but it'll give you a tummy ache. Leave it alone. Right. Yeah. right. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful way to connect across families and across communities. Like San Antonio, especially, I know you both are there. That's my hometown as well. Um, it has such a wonderful climate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. and it's what's subtropical. So mm-hmm. you get like a little bit and then not far away, you have whole country, you get so many different um, varieties of like native species and plant species that, um, gosh, like, I love when I see someone's yard that isn't manicured to death, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, like I love seeing a native, a native yard, native flowers, native, whatever, whether mm-hmm. it's an edible garden or um, a pollinator garden, right? Like mm-hmm. helping the bees out and butterflies. Like there's so much around us that we can really connect to. And it starts with something as simple as a walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Sherman, maybe we, we need to when we do our hike next, we can make this a whole thing that we do together. <laughs> so I can, yeah. since you've already kind of gone down that path a little bit. And you know where I started in, um, where is it? Crown Ridge Cannon. Mm. I started doing a hike through there. And so it's like up um, off of like, like the Bernie Stage Road area, kind of okay. off of Babcock. Um, but it's, it's like a really short like just like a little loop that's like about mm-hmm. two miles long and it's just it's super easy walk mm-hmm. um but there's like these little berries and little things and I'm just like ooh, what is that <laughs> or yeah. you know and <laughs> and so it's just it's really interesting I think to connect to that but that kind of takes me back to Allison when you were talking about Jamaica and how yes this is such a natural thing for so many other parts yes. of the world you mm-hmm. know yes it's, it's really almost, <clears throat> excuse me, fascinating to me to think about how disconnected we've become from the closeness of our food, right? Like mm-hmm. I am so used to going to the grocery store for whatever I need um, that I started, when I started taking these classes, I was like, why, why did that become normal? Like, how did this become what I rely on? Whereas like literally in Jamaica, like if I need, you know, chicken I know the person who has chickens who grows like you know who who raises them in the yard and like it's a very local controlled process right um like you don't need to buy things that say organic because it already is right you know in in a way and everything is sourced locally granted Jamaica is a tropical place and almost anything grows there like right not believe but there is something about not like they work with what they have they're not importing strange um fruits and foods because they have plenty of their own diverse diet and agriculture um and i think that you know when people are like when i meet people who are like oh i can't touch the chicken 
or I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm not, I will say like, um, it's been interesting. Some of the most popular foragers are, are <laughs> vegan or vegetarian mm-hmm. and that's right. fine. There are overlaps, but being right. a forager doesn't necessarily make you one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that you are, I think, more intimately connected with like you're finding and sourcing your food um, directly or more locally and sustainably. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to me when, yeah, when you're like, oh, I don't want to touch the food. And I was, I was like, did you know what had to happen for that chicken to make it to market? Like, <laughs> right. Oh, right. Yeah, there's your absolutely. The blinders yeah. are on. And it, what part of Jamaica is your family from? They're from like the Eastern part. Um, my mom is from like the Portland, Port Antonio okay. area. Um, Ocho Rios is a good marker mm-hmm. for like tourists. Like oh, I was yeah, just there. <laughs> I was just there in yeah. March. Um, mm-hmm. We were in Montego Bay, but we, we got outside and, and we did a very beautiful um, uh, ganja or weed tour. Um, oh, nice. and it was a black owned property, which was really nice. Um, yeah. But it just, just to kind of go back to what you were talking about with the connection to food and not just food, but just an understanding of resources yeah. are finite and we have to nurture the things around us and care for them and have respect for them. Um, and it just made me think of, I saw a video of a Rastafari guy living out in the middle of the woods and he built and made and cooked and everything had a purpose. Once he used the coconut milk or chopped up, chopped the coconut open and used that, he used then used them later for bowls or cups. Yes. And it's just like using everything around him. Um, and I just, yeah, I really, I really want us all to get reconnected with that. And I'm especially yeah happy to see just honestly more black more visibility for black people who are doing these things and have been doing these things and especially a space like foraging because it just like most other things it's become you know a whitewashed space and white well white dominated space so right and uh um one of the 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 foragers gaining a lot more publicity and like making sort of a name for themselves um is Alexis Nicole she goes by uh the Black Forager mm-hmm. or Black Forager on Instagram yes. love her posts um yes. and it, it there is something about like seeing yourself as a Black woman in the outdoors taking up space but also um her message her and, and a lot of others which by the way they they won James Beard um uh, awards um for their work in, oh, wow. in the food industry. Um, wow. they, there's something about really both the visibility and reclaiming. Um, Alexis Nicole talks a lot about how we've been historically kept from being able to like grow our own foods or um, being able to harvest from yeah. like fruiting trees like out in the wild. Like a lot of our laws about uh, what you can and can't collect were to prevent poor people from right. being able to live off of the land. Right. Um, which is unethical. We have unethical yes. laws. So Absolutely. if you're living ethically, um, I think there are ways to continue to forage and get food and, and connect with your environment in ways that I think, you know, Mother Earth would approve of. So yeah. um, <laughs> I love the way you put that. <laughs> I was like, this is my anarchist stance right here. It's like, <laughs> do what you want as long as the earth is happy um yeah and and I think it's it's wonderful to see just like people enjoying the earth outside of the ways that we've been told that we can or outside of labor um 
Mm. And I'll add baby steps to this, right? Like I actually got a lot of feedback from that article in Texas Monthly that people were like, this is impractical. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody got time for this. And I was like, sure, if with that attitude. Um, <laughs> if, right. And, you know, this is part of, if you look at it as a bigger whole, um, carving out time and space to be more intentional does take more effort. That mm-hmm. There's a reason why more sustainable products and food cost more money. Um, and this is a way to do it either cheap or free, or, um, I had this goal to like substitute pantry items, like up to 30% within the next year I've since Mm -hmm. moved. And that goal has like shifted because like resources aren't as available or I'm not as familiar with what's around me, Mm -hmm. but guess what? I can find people who are living by those same values and I can source from more local providers. I can source from people who, who um, buy from, from foragers mm-hmm. um, and other herbalists, like yeah. creating that list of that level of intentionality feels really nice. And guess what? If you don't have time to do it, someone else will be doing it and has that closer, more intimate connection that is not exploitative, right? Like, yeah. I don't think people understand you want that mango from Peru. It's going to cost you some ethical concessions along the line oh yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah um oh Charmaine did you have something you're gonna no I was just thinking I'm like you just bring up a lot of good points I mean yeah just to unpack just in that (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. well I was thinking about what you were talking about with kids um and or young children how they're great foragers because they're just so open anyway yeah, but I went to this exhibit once and they were talking about the immune system and how um, it's so important for when when the immune system is really building and developing for it to be introduced to things, all sorts of things so that it can learn to build up mm-hmm. defenses when it needs to be defensive and to be not defensive when it doesn't need to be. And so it just made me think about what kids putting things in their mouth and t- yeah. they're <laughs> building a relationship and a, and a deep knowledge of what's harmful, what's good. And it's just, and now I'm just thinking this is, I'm homeschooling my, my son in the fall because we're in a transition phase where we're going to be moving outside of the country, which I'm really excited about with oh, this wow. um, in a tropical place. Um, but I'm just excited about maybe this will be the whole what we do. You can learn so much in nature about everything. We can do math and, and reading and all of that stuff too, but just being outside with him yeah. and, and taking on this. So I'm so happy that y'all have shared this with me because I'm like, oh, this gives me a new purpose. <laughs> yes. And, and you can take it as far as you want, right? You talked about um, the Rasta man who was like, you know, building his own hut and everything. I would say like, there are extremes, right? Like you can mm-hmm. go totally off grid. You can be a homesteader. Um, I, I think I may have wrote a little bit about like survivalists and preppers, and that's a whole different subsect of people that I'm like, I'm both interested in, but I don't want to be affiliated with necessarily like it's a whole doomsday like, situation. I'm me. like, that's <laughs> yeah. not for me. That's not for me. I like the skills. Yeah. I don't like the vibe. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> there, there are ways where you can carve out little pieces for yourself. Um, having peace of mind, like with the way that you are connected with nature and just like paying attention to people who are paying attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met a lot of people who take so many shortcuts and they don't realize they're taking shortcuts. And um, I've become much more interested in things like the slow food movement um, and just like sustainable sustainability in general. It's not profitable. 
not in a way that we are used to in a more capitalistic society, right. mm, but it is right. sustainable. It is giving, it is nurturing. And that has its own value. It's, it's, I think longer lasting. Mm-hmm, so um, the more people get out there and do it, the better you can look up local foraging classes. Libraries are really good at putting on programs. Um, botanical gardens are really good at, you know, helping you get more connected with, Hey, like this, this plant has been here, this species, as far as we know, it has been here since the beginning of time, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like I'm always fascinated when I walk by something and I'm like, I wonder how long, like that's been what it is. Right. Um, and there are experts in your area, usually almost everywhere around this world, there's somebody who cares this intensely about like land and the nature around it, that they, they know um, so much about the, the plants in the area. And then they also know about, um, I don't know if we have time to get into it, but like, uh, like native plant species versus things that like we introduce over time. Mm-hmm. It's just a really fascinating, we have an amazing world and, yes. you know, this is just one way to get out there and explore it. And Texas is so vast, right, Sherman? Like yes. we, Sherman oh and gosh. I, are, well, Sherman and I are not from San Antonio. I'm, mm-hmm. I grew up in Dallas, but even with all of, you know, the, and I lived in Dallas, you know, and then I lived in Waco, Texas, and then in San Antonio. So those are the places, but mm-hmm. just thinking about when I'm looking for new adventures to do with um, Castle and I'm finding, you know, like there's this one swimming hole um, that we go to and it's surrounded by these trees that are somewhere around 400 years old. And just like Texas is, the land is, is vast and beautiful. And I really wish that was more of what Texas was known for. (laughs) That's usually not the case. (laughs) Well, that. still have hope I'm like it might not be my (laughs) lifetime but maybe we'll get it a different a different kind of I can't tell you how many people are like Texas tacos (laughs) okay listen this might be part of my retirement plan is to like (laughs) yeah I mean honest listen like you can um you can make so many awesome foraged items that are close to what you already have Prickly pear is by far my favorite foraged item for the Southwest mm. um, because almost every part of that cactus is edible. Mm. You have nopales, right? Like those tender mm-hmm. young green paddles that you can chop up and, and pickle and like add to your tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the, the prickly pear fruit. My favorite, I have made a sorbet with prickly pear fruit Ooh. and it is just like, you can throw down and it with like less effort. I will say like, you know, there are the needles that you have to deal with um, or the, what are they called? Starts with a P. But basically those, those tiny, tiny little hairs that get everywhere, you have to burn them yeah. off. But yeah, you, you, can, you can really live it up in the wild once you get comfortable and start you know, paying attention to what you have out there and, and what grows at different times. You'll be all right. <laughs> it seems so healing too. Have you found that to be this this whole um, journey to be healing for you in ways that maybe you don't oh, even man. think about? Oh, I think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I so in addition to like, I, so I'm a yogi as well. So I'm a I'm a practicing um, just yogi and an instructor, and um, I. I'm constantly meditating on like being, staying and being more present. Um, And throughout the pandemic, a large part of the pandemic, I was 
underemployed. I'll, I'll put it that way. I wasn't not working, but I wasn't working at the extent that I really wanted to be. And I was stressed, like being inside cooped up, um, you know, not able to see people or my loved ones, you know, I needed to get out and not go crazy in my own head and being outside, going for these long walks every day um, with my dog, with this plant identifying app and taking notes and like having taken this class. So I was, I was, I was like, I allowed myself to immerse in, in this sort of hobby. And um, it was so nice being able to say, I can look in the distance and say, oh, there's pecan trees over there. Oh, that's a live oak tree. Oh, that's a pawpaw tree. Like different things in the, in a connecting with the world in a way that in the past I would have just like walked by and maybe not noticed the, the texture of the leaves. Um, and now I do, now I can look very closely and say, hey, guess what? On that oak, there are lots of species of wasps because I can see the, the oak galls that they make. Um, the, the healing has been, I think, immeasurable even to this day for me. Um, there are times where I'm just like, thank goodness I can just get up and go outside. Like, yeah. I can get up, put my feet on the ground, sweat a bunch, and then come mm -hmm. back smelling like outside. <laughs> like <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you all? Have you noticed it as healing? I do notice that <clears throat> I, I think I do better when I do like hikes versus like walking around in my neighborhood. Um, mm -hmm. Just being in trees is just very helpful and healing. And, you know, as with many things, I feel like that has, um, is becoming a, a white dominated thing as they're getting into, I don't know, the, this forest bathing thing now, which mm. has been something that, you know, Native It's just going outside and being in nature. For, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> just somebody slapping a label on a thing that already yes. exists. They love doing that though. <laughs> yeah. They do, they do. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, so that's, that's kind of been my thing. And so it's been on my calendar actually probably for like the last month that I'm trying to make a point to do like, like the actual nature hikes and get out of my neighborhood, um, mm -hmm. at least on the weekends and just, just take walks and um, take walks in the woods. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole so experience. I don't kill people when I come back in the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is good for everyone. It is good for everyone. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, <clears throat> I recently went through a very big loss in my in my life and for whatever reason not for whatever reason but you know we've all had various types of you know um, grief that we've navigated through yeah. um, even sometimes like you know the healing process grieving person people that you're uh, the person that you're no longer you know like that's a whole thing in its own but yes. for whatever reason my body just went into self-care survival mode yes. and I was moving very consistently and feeling good like I even when I was I had a situation where I was going back and forth between here and Dallas like flying um mm -hmm. and going to the hospital well I would you know step outside the hospital and I literally parked like on the top floor of the parking garage just so I'd have to take the stairs and, mm -hmm. and it, it, you know there was trees and stuff they have you know they make it all pretty but I was just like I'm gonna go walk and 
when I was here in San Antonio, my hikes were, I was still sticking with them. And I just, I don't know, I just feel like you're out here, you're kind of removed from a lot. My head feels more clear because um, we're mm -hmm. also, all the towers and the wires and all of that stuff interferes with us. Like we're electrical yeah. beings. So I can't imagine <laughs> like we're around it all the time. So somehow the mm -hmm. trees just make me feel safe. I don't feel closed in, the world feels big, but I just feel yeah. very safe and protected. And I have this thing where when I'm leaving my hike, I always touch the grass or a leaf or a plant yeah. or something. And it just, I, I know people probably think I'm weird, but I just, <clears throat> I'm sending a message when I do that. Like I, I see you, I feel you, thank you. Um, and I'm gonna get emotional because mm -hmm. I just feel so very connected, but I just think that reciprocity and that relationship that we have with nature and just the earth in general, like it, can be felt and um the, the nature she mother earth feels it and so I just believe good things come from that and um I'm so happy so happy just to see black people because we need this we have to it's so it's mm -hmm. so much a part and I won't just say just black racially black people but just indigenous people in general this is yeah. our home like we when, I don't want to get too far off, but real quick, like you remember when all the, the fires were happening in Australia a few years ago, where all yes. the celebrities who had homes there got to be front and center about their losses. I had to go and find this article because the first thing I thought of was like, what are the, the indigenous people of that, yes. re, like that area? What are they feeling? And I saw an article where the people who had been there since, you know, the beginning, you know, who had been displaced, you know, colonization, yeah. all of those things that happened, they said, like, we're mourning our, our, um, our, um, not our cousin, our, this is our family, these trees are our family, and we're, we're watching mm. them burn, and you don't, you're not going to see that on CNN, they wanted to put right. Chris Hemsworth <laughs> on there to talk about it, it's, you know, and not to dismiss anybody's, you know, grief in, in that time, but like to hear them say that, I'm just like, we are so deeply connected to these things. And so just when we're, when we're able to, and we're able to touch and feel and be out and breathe in this air while we, yeah. you know, while we still can, and these trees are doing, doing as much as they possibly can to keep that yeah. air. They're trying. They're trying. <laughs> For us, it's like, I want to give what I can. I'm going to give love and I'm going to show gratitude. And that's what, you know, foraging feels, like I said, for, for us, it just feels like a very natural path. Sherman, I don't know if you have a question, but I, I do have a quick question for Allison, um, because you mentioned a few different reading materials. Could you, you know, share like some of the, some of your favorite books or some, even like yeah. the best recommendations for books for people who are just wanting to start? Honestly, just from what you were just talking about, um, I have, I will say I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list and I already know the synopsis. Braiding Sweetgrass is um, written by a Native American, Indigenous American woman, and she talks about um, this nature, like this relationship we have with nature and how we can be more interconnected, but also just like how fragile that relationship is. So that, that one is and that book is everywhere. You can get that book almost anywhere. I recommend um, ordering from Black Pearl Books in Austin. It's a Black-owned okay. bookstore. Um, so that one's really important. When it comes to foraging in general, I would say Samuel Thayer is really well known. His, his works are older and there are some things that have been like disproved, like, no, you don't have to blanch that thing. But 
Um, all of his books are on every forager's recommended reading list. Um, I just bought Marie Viljoen's, I'm probably mispronouncing her last name, I think it's Dutch, um, B-I-L-J-O-E-N, uh, Forage Harvest Peace. And it's a foraging inspired, like a wild inspired cookbook. So not all of the items have to be foraged, but these are commonly available items in the wild that you can get and make nice recipes like an herb like mugwort. You can make mugwort crackers or mm. like how to make mugwort salt. Like some of the recipes that Alexis Nicole uses, like th there's like just this process of cooking that um, if you're not a really good cook, like you start to learn more and more about like the science of cooking because mm -hmm. of, of the natural elements. Um, so I would recommend any of those. I'm sure that there are more and I just haven't even gotten to them yet, but um, I've, I've also been reading more about slow food in general. And I, I think the title of the book is like slow cooking or slow food. And it, and it also talks about maybe more high level agricultural disruption, right? And like the need to, to bring it down to more basic levels. Um, so it depends on how you wanna attack and frame your learning experience. I think if you want the more spiritually based side, start with like braiding sweetgrass. It's wonderfully written and it's been very well received critically, um, I think around the world at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and then local books. So um, I have a book about herbal, I need to find it. It's written by, I went to Texas Christian University. I went to TCU. The mm -hmm. author is also a graduate of TCU and it's about herbalism from items that you can find like in your backyard, right? Mm. Um, right, so like things like, you know, dandelions and um, gosh, mugwort tea can also be used for like menstrual relief. Like there are so many things yeah. um, that, you know, we used to dismiss as old wives tales that are actually now, now have better scientific backing. Um, and because of the roots of colonialism, like we've overlooked what is, good for us and useful within the land that we actually occupy and currently mm -hmm. live on. Like there are great benefits to the things that thrive and, and grow on this earth um, in whatever pocket of the world you're in, right? Like right. recipes that were developed in Europe were developed because they were occupying that land. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that we need to eat that yes. <laughs> right. in the U.S. Yes. Uh, we have our own <laughs> natural peppers. We have our own natural grains. We have our own things that don't take up as many resources um, logistically, water, energy-wise, as you know, importing things does. So, right. I would say start there. Just start start with very local things, uh, and if you want big picture, there are some you know, big picture books. So, <laughs> yeah. How was that? Was that a good recommendation? It was great. Okay, yeah, that was great. That was that was really great. I'm like, we are we're closing in, but. Um, I did want to see if you, I know you gave us so much, <laughs> like to like summarize maybe like steps you would suggest people take if they are like interested in getting into foraging. Yeah. So first, like if you're interested in foraging, I would say maybe analyze like what's making you interested. Is it because like you can eat? Is it because you can be outside? Um, because if, if you're not interested in height, like some people don't like the outdoors and right. I respect that. Um, I do. I like it. I don't care if mosquitoes come after me. I've got permethrin treated clothes. Like I, I like the wild. Yeah. Some people don't, but they want to live more ethically. 
and sustainably. And there are um, more companies and people that are trying to do more local things. So I would say, start looking into your area of who's already doing those things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Join groups that maybe um, allow you to explore more. Um, in San Antonio, there's like Girls Who, Girls Who Hike Texas. That's a great group um, that during the pandemic, I was just like out walking with 20 women in like Frederick's State Park. Like, you know, just like mm-hmm. getting out there um, and, and figuring out if you like the food aspect, there are ways to consume more ethical foraged foods. Um, There are ways to, there are apps you can use, but I would recommend not relying on apps, especially when you're not sure about identifying, but taking classes from your local library or botanical garden, um, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah, look it up. There, there, um, I say look it up like, like, Google it. Um, I'm not saying it in like a derogatory way. Like, please yeah. don't let this trigger you into defensiveness. No. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not like suggesting that you are not intelligent enough to look it up, but I am saying that in my experience, I had such a strange introduction to foraging that, um, already combined my interests. Like I like food. I'm a human being. I need to eat. Yeah. I had a great meal. I like being outdoors. I walk my dog all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I have these two colliding interests that I was like, I, I'm going to learn more and I'm going to learn from knowledgeable people. So I would start there, like go, go hiking, go on a tour with somebody. You can take a class as well. Um, but if you want to know like what the end result looks like, start with the food, Yeah. like find the people that are making the food from the local um, items in your area. And I would even say drinks too. If you're not a huge food person, there are some mm-hmm. amazing cordials that can be made. The cocktails are amazing. Um, herbal remedies are incredible. Like there are pockets of people everywhere that are doing um, these sorts of things and you can get plugged in. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and where can people find you, Allison? Oh man, I, you know, I did not think this through. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am mostly like pretty underground, to be honest. I I do have, I know I am trying to like, you can't, you can't find me. (laughs) You you really can't. Yeah. Just you try. Um, I'm here for it. (laughs) Maybe my old military side is all like, you can't find me if you wanted to. Um, (laughs) the, you can find me on, on Twitter. I am under uh, a P Erickson, A underscore P underscore Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. I don't post on there very often, but when I do, it's, you know, my writing um, and things that I'm up to. I may be starting a newsletter pretty soon to kind of uh, aggregate all of this foraging interest because it mm-hmm. seems to be something that people are very, very interested in. And there are some amazing resources out there. Um, so that might be coming from me soon. It'll probably be like the hobbyist forager Mm-hmm. I'm not planning on making like a profession it. out of this. <laughs> yeah, um, I just enjoy it. But um, there are some amazing people who've already done incredible work um, with recipes, with uh, walking tours, guided walks, and I think that everybody should have a chance to, to you know, tap in. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Well, yes. Likewise, thank you for inviting me. And if you guys have any more questions, let me know. And also I go to San Antonio really often. So if you're like, I really want to forage, hit me up. I will show you 
the spots. <laughs> I'm like, well, let us know when you're here. Let us know when you're here. Okay, I'll already. drop a line. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Thank Sounds you for your good. time and for sharing your your love and your passion and and also just putting it in putting it all in a way in a nice package for people to just really be able to you know digest. Um, thank you for that. So awesome. Thank you for your forum. <laughs> Hey y'all, thanks for listening and or watching. Unpacking Ethical is an independent video podcast hosted by the Ethical Network of San Antonio. Your co-hosts are Sharman Lubby and Katie, and we thank you for tuning in. Please follow us on Instagram and our YouTube channel, and hey, leave a review wherever you're listening.